So as I mentioned today, we're going to be using our own movie, Amazing Gracie. It uh, actually premiered earlier this year, and it's currently in film festivals, and it's uh, currently streaming as I'm, or it's getting ready to stream as I mentioned. Uh, you can, if you want to see it now, you can actually buy DVDs on uh, the church website. Just go to studios there. But um, it's, it is a movie about a family who is torn apart by grief. So before we begin, let's actually look at the trailer. <laughs> so this was a really, really fun movie to make. Um, and it was not only fun, but it has some very, very strong themes of family and also how to navigate hard relationships within our families. So the movie opens with an estranged mother and daughter who are uh, grieving the loss of their father and husband. And the movie really digs down into how families deal with conflict. And all of us have situations uh, within our family relationships that, for lack of a better word, it's just difficult. Right? Anybody? Yeah, they might be sitting here, so don't. Not me, grandmother. Here's the thing. A lot of times when things go wrong, one of the things that we can do is we can actually let it affect us in, t in a negative way. It can actually put a strain on, uh, on people that we love most that are not, that are not guilty of anything. And we can, it can really affect them whenever we struggle. And Amazing Gracie deals with a lot of the problems that we're talking about. In the movie, our main character, Lucy, she is grieving the, the loss of her father, and she allows it to affect every area of her life, her work, her family, and even her relationships. Take a look at this. <laughs> so... If the loss of her father wasn't enough, early in the movie, Lucy's sister, along with her husband, die in a car accident, leaving Lucy's niece, Grace, or Gracie, and nephew, Jack, to Lucy. Now, much, this is much to the dismay of Lucy's mom, Susan, who is already at odds with Susan, which brings us to Lucy and her mom, Susan, their problem. And, and, and it's a problem that I've struggled with, and it's, it's probably a problem that all of us have struggled with, and that is so often we don't understand why people act the way that they do. A am I the only one? Like, why? And especially family. Like, why do they act like this? Now, we know exactly why we do what we do, but sometimes it's hard to comprehend, uh, or comprehend other people, their thought processes. And even if you manage to get a glimpse into why they do what they do, the truth is you wouldn't act that way right? You would never act the way that they do. You would never say the things that they do, right? And a lot of times we get frustrated and angry because we just don't get it. Even though we think that, you know, their behavior is wrong or inappropriate, they don't seem to recognize it for some reason. And so here's the question. Here's the question that I ask myself a lot. Maybe you've asked this too. Do people see me the same way? Have you ever wondered that? Like, do other family members, do they look at you and think, like, what are they thinking? Like, I would never act that way. I would never say that. I would never treat people that way. Well, here's the thing is that we all deal with things differently, right? It's really hard to see the world from somebody else's perspective, just to empathize and to understand why they do the things that they do. But here's the truth is that everything that we do makes sense to us at the time, right? I mean, the key phrase here is at the time, because I don't know if you've ever done it. I've looked back and I've thought, what was I thinking? 
Like it made some kind of sense at the time, but when hard things happen within our families, how we react, it's difficult. Struggling with the actual issue is hard enough. It could be a death in the family like Lucy and Susan in the movie. It, it could be a financial failure, right? It could be if the marriage looks like it's over, a business failure, or you don't get the promotion that you feel like you deserve. Your in-laws, you know, getting in your business or not ever showing up. It could be any of those things. It could be that your teen is making poor choices or acting out, or it could be that your parents don't make any sense, or you could bomb that exam. Whatever it is, I those things are hard enough, but understanding why other people make the choices that they make when things don't go their way, it can be baffling. A lot of times the issues are not the circumstances forced upon us, but the issue is not understanding why they handled it the way they did. Whatever it is, here's what we all know, is that we usually expect other people to act the way that we would. We, should, we think they should deal with things the way that we do. And why would we think that? Well, isn't it obvious? You are always right when it comes to how others should behave. Pardon the sarcasm. Back to the movie. Lucy and her mom, they process grief very, very differently. Take a look at it. And so, it's interesting how Lucy's mom was at peace, but Lucy just didn't understand. And because of this lack of understanding and lack of communication between the two of them, they actually fought constantly, eventually estranging, separating. And the death of Lucy's father was hard enough, but the relational issues that manifested, they made it everything even harder. And the truth is, is that relational issues within families that manifest themselves in all kinds of different ways depending on the dynamics and the circumstances and the family culture but we've all struggled with them in some areas and and they do they manifest themselves in lots of different areas you may recognize some of these number one is just basic communication issues right communication breakdowns can lead to misunderstandings misinterpretations conflict within the family maybe somebody has poor listening skills or maybe you or somebody else is just not great at expressing their feelings or, or their needs clearly. And because of this, there are, uh, there are frequent arguments. Or it could be parent-child conflicts, right? Differences between, uh, between generational gaps. Or it could lead to conflict between parents and their children. Uh, even within, you know, even after we get to adults. Maybe it's power struggles through the teen years or misunderstanding on one or both sides. Or maybe it's just disagreements over freedoms, important decisions, you know, and, and it's strained the parent-child relationship. It could be sibling rivalry, jealousy, comparison between siblings that have created tension and conflict within the family. And these kind of issues, they can actually linger and create resentment decades after we leave home. Studies also say that one of the biggest conflicts in marriage are financial conflicts, disagreements over money, financial responsibilities, financial decisions. You know, these can create some significant strain on families and marriage relationships. Maybe you're a couple arguing over budgeting or spending or unequal financial contributions, whatever it is, all of these can lead to conflict inside families. It could be role conflicts. It could be, uh, you know, expectations about roles within the, within the family. It could be substance abuse, 
uh, addictions, trust issues, cultural, religious differences, political differences, emotional or mental health issues. It could go on and on and on. Lucy and her mom struggle with the death of Lucy's father, but people deal with grief in different ways. And look, you can deal with grief in an unhealthy way, but a lot of times it's not that it's healthy or unhealthy, just different than you. The, regardless, the problem is so many times it's hard to understand the actions of other people that process things differently than you do. So when we're faced with difficult situations, it could be super tempting to react out of emotion for that person, out of misunderstanding. You know, when they say or do things that you don't understand. But we've all thought, like, I wish they would just think about what they say. Anybody thought about that? Just did you think about what you said before it came out of your mouth? Caroline Leaf is a, is a doctor, and she did a study about how people react in situations like this. And what she found out was that when people react to negative situations, it actually makes them feel bad about themselves. Even if what they said didn't affect the relationship, they still feel bad within themselves. Watch this. She says this. They also felt like they were becoming increasingly negative and lost a sense of peace and happiness when they reacted in an impulsive way. Now, we can all relate to this, right? Have you ever thought to yourself, like, after the fact, like, I wish I had not said that. I wish I had said this instead of that. You replay it over and over. The study found something else very interesting that actually lines up with Scripture. It said this, the subjects in our study felt like they were making poor judgments when they just reacted rather than responding to what was happening in their lives. So in this study, Dr. Leaf, she distinguishes between reacting and responding. It's the same thing that Lucy's friend Mallory does in Amazing Gracie. She tries to get Lucy to stop reacting to everything around her and actually respond intentionally to what she's going through. Let's listen to her advice. <laughs> and that's little Charlie. He's actually one of the grandchildren of, of one of our, our members here. But what is the difference between reacting and responding? Is that just semantics, or is there an actual difference? Well, I want to sh show you. Reactions are problem-oriented, and, and they seek to correct the situation. Okay? Now, responses are solution-oriented, and they seek to improve the situation. So responses are constructive, but reactions, they don't have the same purpose. A reaction is, to, is this retaliation that's led by emotion. Okay? With reaction, there, is, there could be anger whenever you're insulted or withdrawn instead of whenever you feel left out or that you gossip whenever you feel mistreated. A reaction is easy because it's a base reaction that just operates on its own. You don't have to muster up reaction. It happens. It happens in the moment, but a lot of times it leads to regret. So here's what I want for us to see today. The flesh reacts, but the spirit leads us to respond. The flesh, meaning this, your sinful nature, it wants to react to the problem to make sure everybody gets corrected when they're wrong. But in the spirit, for those of us that follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he is always trying to lead us. Our spirit is trying to lead us to respond. He does his best to lead us not to react, but to respond. But in the moment, how do you know the difference? Right? Well, response delays your reaction so you can be intentional. You can pray about it. 
Now, you can get, still give truth. You're not pulling your punch, but it's in love. It's intentional instead of reaction. So, for instance, if you receive an email that hurts your pride, you know, maybe you wait. You, you go ahead and type it out, but then you wait before you hit send. Right? So it could have been full of helpful information, but just not delivered in such a way that a lesser person could try to not react. Right? A family member makes some kind of disrespectful remark, sideways remark at us. Right? We wait to talk with them about it for several days. Why? Because you want to respond with logic, not emotion. Look what Proverbs says. It says, for a long forbearance and a calmness of spirit, a judge or ruler is persuaded. And soft speech breaks down the most bone-like resistance. Easy to get caught up in the heat of the moment and react without thinking first. Before we can respond with godly wisdom, our emotions, they a lot of times will take over and sabotage us. And we all struggle with this issue. But it's so important that we learn to react with godliness or, or respond with godliness instead of reacting with fear or emotion. When we react out of fear or emotion or, or anger or any kind of negative emotion, this is how we become easily offended. Linda Mental, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist, an expert on relationships, and here's what she says. In the larger culture, the culture we're in, there is such a movement away from objectivity and civil dialogue. Anybody seen that? And a move toward emotional reason where people feel something. And because they feel it, they think it must be true. Wow. And then when you lead with your emotions, if you feel something differently, you can be offended very easily. It's almost like we're conditioned to be offended by our society. Instead of realizing, no, we're just going to see things differently. Our society is conditioning us to believe that if you don't believe what I believe... If you don't vote how I vote, if you don't think how I think, then you are the enemy. If somebody does or says something that you don't like, so often we react to that with such negativity. That is what we call reacting, and it's toxic. We have to be careful with that. Matthew 12 says, Jesus said this, but I tell you that everybody will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word. My friends, we don't want our words to be careless. When we speak without thinking, we're speaking out of our emotions. And that emotional reasoning, it's so popular right now in our culture. But the issue is, this is where we hurt people. Reacting is where we immediately react to, with feelings without actually thinking about the consequences. But responding. Taking a moment to think. Think about what you're saying, what you're doing. Responding helps us avoid saying things that we're going to regret later. It's like taking a step toward maturity. And it helps you think clearly, help you make better decisions. It's what we call emotional maturity. So, in a nutshell, reacting is when we respond on our basic, immediate feelings without thinking about it. And responding is where we, we regulate our emotions and we wait before we respond. Which brings us to this practical question, how? Like, how do we move toward responding and away from reacting? Well, the good news is God understands our human condition. He understands that our sin nature, our flesh nature, it can get unruly when it comes to reacting, right? So he gives us some instructions, some handles to actually help us work through this. And so let's look at what James, Jesus' half-brother, says about this. He says... 
My brothers and sisters, understand this. Everybody should be slow, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Remember, we said reactions are problem-oriented, right? They're, they seek to correct everybody. But responses are solution-oriented, and they seek to improve the situation. So then the question becomes hard. Why am I saying anything? Is it just for me to speak my mind to, create, to correct the situation? Or is it to build the other person up and improve the situation? That's a hard question. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I'll be honest, there's times when what is on the tip of your tongue is not going to build anybody up. It's going to burn everything down. Now, I know I'm a pastor, and I should never feel this way. But there are times when I'm so annoyed, not with any of you, I'm so annoyed that what is getting ready to come out of my mouth is not going to benefit anybody. i got to slow down, take a deep breath, and be quiet. I'm going to use the S word, shut up. Just to make sure that I'm giving the right response. Look, in Proverbs 14, a man of quick temper acts foolishly, but a man of evil devices is hated. Listen, a man of quick temper acts the fool. Remember what your grandmother told you? My grandmother's here. If you can't say something nice. One of the reasons we might be too reactive is that there are sometimes there are periods in our life that it seems like everything's going wrong. Right? It, there are times when it's, you're just bombarded with bad situation after bad situation. And this is one of the times when prayer is incredibly valuable. Sometimes you just need to vent. You need to get things out. Prayer is a way to empty out your heart about other people. It's a time when you can empty it all out. You can get it all out so you can think clearly. This is what David did when everything seemed to be coming against him. There are a couple of the Psalms that he wrote that, man, David is rough on other people. He's just venting about other people toward God. And God knows what to do with your emotions. It's okay to empty them out before him. You'll actually feel better when you empty out your emotions about people to God. But when you vent them out before men, you know what we call that? Gossip. So many times we gossip and we vent to, to other people about others because we have not vented to God. It's still in there and we haven't emptied it out. It helps you with an, an awareness of how you're feeling. And, and even writing things down is helpful. Journaling is great. It helps you determine why you feel the way you do. It helps you get those down. It helps you see how you're thinking and why. A lot of times the other person's right. It's just their delivery stinks or the wrong time or they're using words that trigger you. See, this is what happens with Lucy in the movie. When we meet her, she's incredibly irresponsible. She's selfish. She only thinks about herself. And for those of us that raise children, we know that if you're going to be a good parent, you're, the sacrifice is crazy in your life. You know, you've got to give all the focus and time and energy. People who have so, children for selfish reasons, self-validation, or just to have a little one that would love me, you know, to try to keep a relationship together, or, even, or any other self-centered reason to have children, we're going to find that this is immensely flawed, and, and it'll actually, we will struggle raising emotionally healthy children 
because of those. And so Lucy's mom is warning her about this. You're not going to be the best for those kids in this state. And, but the problem is Susan, Lucy's mom, she's reacting. And every time she tries to explain the truth to Lucy, to Lucy she's reacting out of fear and negativity. And so Lucy can't hear it. But finally, in the movie, Lucy is able to go to God and empty it all out. And because of that, she can see the truth even through the horrible reactions of her mom. So at the end of the movie, Lucy and her mom, they end up in court to fight over custody of Gracie and Jack. But in the process, Lucy realizes that mom, she was right. And instead of reacting to her mom, she decides to respond instead. Take a look. <laughs> Sometimes it only takes one person to break the cycle of reacting. One person that's willing to just be quiet and pour it out before God and actually have an intentional and a prayerful response and actually respond instead of react so we have to ask ourselves what is our ability to see the truth in the fog of accusation right can we be quiet long enough to go to god and empty it out so when your blood pressure rises just stop and ask jesus to guard your heart with his peace when your mind goes to that worst case scenario ask him to renew your thinking when other people's arrogance is agitating can we respond instead of react? And look, Jesus doesn't ever ask for you to do anything that he doesn't model for you. He modeled love in response to anger and hate. And thank God that he did. Because if he didn't, each and every one of us would pay for our own sin. You see, we're called to be a light to the world. And this includes how we react in different situations. Our response should demonstrate God's word and God's love with kindness. And he's already provided us a roadmap on how to do this in different situations. We can learn from scripture what godly responses look like. And we can practice ways to respond instead of react. So, remember, the flesh reacts. The sinful part of us reacts to negative things that happen in our life. But the spirit that lives on the inside of us who follow Jesus, the spirit leads us to respond, not react. In fact, intentional response that is prayed through, it's, that's helpful for building people up, can change the world around you. We've got to remember that the way that we respond in any situation, it actually reflects who we are as followers of Jesus. You and I have the power to respond instead of reacting out of emotion, anger, fear, whatever it is. I want to challenge all of us today to not react, but to respond in love. Will you stand with me?